Hello, Husky Nation. Welcome to Dog Thoughts Radio with Tyson Allenbaugh, Kayla Olin, and Mike Martin. An insider look at Husky football with game analysis, recruiting updates, players and coaches interviews, player profiles and information that you will only hear on Dog Thoughts, including Husky legends. All you'll see is purple. And now, your host, Tyson Allenbaugh. Hello and welcome to Dog Thoughts. I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. Got a very, very big show for you. And I'm not going to waste any time. We'll get to all that other good stuff later. Right now, I have Husky quarterback commit, class of 2020 from Corona Del Mar, California. He's a four-star now, Ethan Garbers. Ethan, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. How are you? You uh, were awarded MVP at the opening uh, over in Oakland. Describe that experience. Tell us about how that weekend went. Uh, it, was, it was a great day. Just got out, went, uh, went to go chuck it. It was a good day to compete and get better and, and just uh, competed the whole day and, and got on That's all a blessing, and, and I'm just happy to be in the spot. Yeah, and it, a lot of those guys, Micah Bowens, Jay Butterfield, uh, guys, I'm sure you've competed uh, again. Have you actually, let me take a step back. Have you competed against those guys outside of camps, you know, in games? Uh, no, not in games. None of, none of the quarterbacks there in games. None of the quarterbacks there in games. But you've obviously seen them on the quarterback circuit, which is a thing nowadays. And what's the experience like working against Pac-12 commits, Penn State commits, Oregon commits, all that? What does that bring out of you as a player? Uh, it makes me – I feel like competition makes everyone play better. So, um, so I think definitely when I see guys that are – ranked higher than me or or anything like that it just brings out more competitive nature myself and i, I believe that i, I pretend, tend to to perform better when when being challenged and, and competing so i mean that, that's great now your brother chase who's uh over at cal now he probably he went through a, a similar experience uh to you as well have you been able to lean on him during this recruiting process going to all these camps and all that what did what has he told you or has he told you anything at all, all has he just left you alone He's been helping me a lot. He's been a, a great guide in, in the whole recruiting process and, and everything there is to be a, a next-level Pac-12 quarterback. And um, he's, he's been a good mentor through it all, and he's continuing to help me. And, and hopefully we can play each other, play against uh, each other one day and all that, all that mentoring and teaching comes out and can beat him. Yeah, that would be nice, right? Especially after last year when the dogs lost to Cal. Um, but uh, we, we're, we're not going to go there. I'm not going to put you in an awkward position. <laughs> but uh, now I want to talk also about your teammate, uh, Mark Redman, and also Husky Commit. What's your relationship like? It seems like you guys are really tight, and I think it, I think it's pretty unique that two teammates – not you know, not seven on seven teammates. Two high school teammates are going to be going to the same uh, Pac-12 university. Describe your relationship uh, with Mark. Yeah, Mark's my guy. He's uh, we've known each other for about six, seven years now, and, and we've been best friends for a long time. And then playing high school football, playing like um, Pop Warner football with him, playing high school football, and now being able to play college football with him is, is going to be really something special and really something I'm looking forward to. As somebody who actually gets to play with him, what's the scouting report? What what do you think his strengths and, and what are what are his weaknesses? Um, strengths, definitely. He's a big frame, big body guy. Kills him in the weight room. Probably the strongest kid on our team. Um, he's a great, just a natural catcher of football. No, like, hitches or anything in that with running routes or, or catching the ball. I mean, he's 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 an all-around 
really good player and, and a good guy. And I, I think he's the best tight end in the nation. And that's not that's not being biased, not being his team or anything. But I, I've had a chance to see a bunch of these tight ends and, and all those other players. And I, I really do think Mark is, is the best in the nation by that, Mark. I have to say, I, I, on the lighter note, I saw an interview with Mark. And he was, I was talking to some reporter and they asked about the pregame process. I don't know if you know this interview. And he said he likes to go to Ribco, Ribco with his boy Ethan. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's you. And he was talking about game prep. Can you kind of clue me? There was no other questions. I want to know. Can you clue me in on your guys' game preparation and what is Ribco for people in the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> uh, so we, we have our team meal, um, our team meal every, uh, uh, every Friday before our games is uh, a, a restaurant down here called uh, Poor Rib Company, and it's a, it's a bunch of good food like mac and cheese and like all that. And and we 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 me and Mark always sit next to each other and all that, and then just enjoy that food and have a good time. Excellent, excellent. And you go to Corona Del Mar, uh, the Sea Kings, and it sounds you know you guys had a great season last year, uh, uh, losing I believe to Grace Brett. Uh, Brethren, that's a hard word to say. I apologize, but uh, uh, let's go more in depth into your junior season. What'd you like about it? Obviously, this you know a lot of winning on the field, but maybe what are some things you came out of it that you think you can improve on? Uh, definitely, my first year as varsity starter was definitely a successful one. I mean, making making it to the finals as a, as a first year starter, but then losing, which was was tough, and wish you get that game back, but. Um, so everything, but, but that was good and definitely maturing as a quarterback and, and getting older and getting to know the game more and all that has definitely been a plus and, um, and playing. Let's circle back to your recruiting process. You have, you have an offer, you have offers from a number of uh, programs. I'm seeing here Boise State, Colorado, Miami, Georgia, Pac-12, Mountain West, SEC, ACC. What has the recruiting process been like for you? Let's go back to when you first started getting offers before uh, you committed to Washington. What was that process, and how, what, how did that feel, I guess, to kind of be that first-year junior starter, like you said, and then all of a sudden get these offers start pouring in and, you know, have to make some, some big decisions? Uh, it was it was good. It was, a, it was a great process. I mean, not everybody gets to – um, it's to experience what uh, a bunch of these players and recruits are experiencing. So definitely, you gotta soak it all in, and you gotta be thankful for for what you get, and that's that's definitely a big part of it. But um, the recruiting process as a whole was was a great time. It was fun. I'm, I'm happy. I'm done with it now. I'm focused on high school and, and just be a normal kid for now. That's that's good. But um, going back to that, like the process was uh, was. It started. It started off slow, but then it, it heated up quickly. Started the more Pac-12 and like SEC, like Georgia and like all that. It definitely started to pick up. But um, after I went on a couple visits, I definitely knew like where where the spot I wanted to be and what was best for me. And then I decided to pull the trigger and I'm the dog. Yeah, and it, let's talk more about your relationship with Bush Hamden and then obviously Coach uh, Chris Peterson. Uh, I guess. You know, what do you like about Bush? What do you like about CP? What made you feel that connection, not only with them, but also, you know, when you, you know, you visit and you in Seattle itself and the University of Washington? Yeah, well, to start off, the coaches are best people I've ever met in my life. They're so down to earth. They they don't leave. They're not more. They don't. You can't like look at them as as like coaches. They're kind of like your friends. Like you can like talk to them about anything, not just football, and you can be around them when there's nothing when there's not even football to talk about, you they're just there as, as friends and as 
as, as pe- people to help you. And that's, that's what I really liked about Washington. And uh, I love the area of Seattle. I have family that lives in Bellevue and then uh, I've always liked it. It's, it's probably my second favorite place to be besides home. But um, yeah, that's why I picked Washington. Excellent, excellent. Now let's uh, let's look back forward uh, at your senior season. Uh, you still got that to play. Hard to, uh, and it's kind of crazy, but uh, you still got that to play. What what's the what are the goals? What are the team goals? And then what are your individual goals uh, as you enter your senior season of football? My my individual goals and, and team goals are kind of the same. Uh, we all we all want to all, all want to win a, a state championship, and that's a team and individual goal, and that's. That's the main goal that we have is winning a state championship and then going undefeated. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, uh, before we go, actually, why don't we get uh, a couple things from you? Height, weight, speed, all that good stuff. All right, uh, 6'3", 195, uh, uh, 4'3", uh, shuttle, uh, 28 vertical, and a um, 34 Powerball. As being now that you're one of the early commits with your teammate Mark Redman, what? How do you view your role in terms of recruiting other kids for the class of 2020? Are you looking to take? Are you looking to take a kind of take that by the horns and, and start talking to these other recruits? How do you view your role, and what do you anticipate? I guess helping out and helping you dub Corral one of the best classes in 2020. Yeah, well, me, me and Mark have definitely uh, taken on the role of, of getting out there and recruiting, and we've been in contact with a lot of. Uh, a lot of top players that the coaches directors too, and um, me and Mark have been jumping on that. And I know uh, we have another commit, uh, guard um, who's who's a great guy and is helping us with that now too. And we're just jumping on that and um, and getting after it. Are you in these guys' ears at these at these camps and all that? Are you are you wearing purple? You know, do you got a purple wristband or some husky gear? I hope that you're showing off to these guys, saying, "Hey, you know you know what time it is, right?" <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely showing them though. Showing them that the dogs are ready, ready to rumble and get ready to go. Excellent. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking time with us here on Dog Thoughts. Uh, congratulations on the commit. Congratulations on the opening. Uh, looking forward, man, to your senior year and uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you very much. Coming up next, our own Mike Martin is going to join us, and we are going to discuss the 2019 Husky schedule. Yes, we're going to do it in May. I don't care. Stick around. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. Welcome back. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. A big thank you to Ethan Garber's 2020 quarterback, committed to the University of Washington, four-star and uh, uh, MVP at the Oakland opening regional. That Say that ten times fast, <laughs> Fusky fans out there. Is, Go ahead. Is there somebody out there whose star has risen faster than his over the last month? Uh, just everything that is going right for the kid. Yeah, totally. And his, it's crazy because Biggins, uh, on, on the Met, Greg Biggins, who's like the, one of the, tw- uh, primary 24 seven West Coast guys, uh, recruiting analyst said, you know, when he found out, you know, cause somebody brought that up to him in a chat, I think, Mike, uh, with me as always, Mike Martin, by the way, Howlin, at Howlin Husky on Twitter. Uh, go bug him there. And, um, Biggin said he almost like didn't even realize Ethan was had, it had been that long since an update, Mike, uh, in the, on the 24 seven side that he was like, 
he it was overdue basically. So it's good. It's all happening at once. But let, let's put it this way: the pros, the the recruiting analysts are saying this was long overdue to get him kind of the attention that he 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 rightfully deserved. Yeah, his it started off a little bit slow for him, but man, when when they took a look at his tape, he rose and and then he he killed it at the opening and rose even more. He got the fourth star, um, and now he's the eleventh QB. So. Uh, I guess Coach Pete maybe does know a little bit of what he's doing on the recruiting trail. Something else, Mike, that has totally changed is how many of those big-name guys travel to all these events? Now, these events are much more sanctioned, and there's much more of an industry around it. But, you know, some of the guys that were that he competed against in Oakland, and this is not unusual, were Micah Bowens and uh, uh, I believe his name is, and Jay Butterfield, and, and uh, you know, some of the top recruits, quarterback recruits on the West Coast in the region all convened down in Oakland, and you could say that about pretty much every position across the board. It's just, it's just crazy now how how much these kids get a chance to not only uh, you know play in front of a lot of guys, but also compete against other really, really highly talented and highly recruited players. Yeah, the the off season, there is no off season in football, uh, especially if you're part of the uh, Ford Sports Performance seven on seven, and then you have all the openings and all these things. These guys are just coming in so much better prepared than they were even five years ago. There's just a lot of stuff going on for these kids. It's crazy. I mean, and I'm 30, and, you know, you said five years ago, 12 years ago, this stuff was bare. You know, Elite 11 existed, but it was much not nearly as organized and drilled down as it is now, you know, with guys like Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer was not involved, I don't think, in Elite 11. Granted, he still might have been playing back in 2007. But you get my point, though. There, Like you said, there is no offseason now. In the, and if, if you're a quarterback, you're a quarterback 24-7, 365, and you have to really not only want it, but be about it, too, because they, they, they put you through the ringer, man. They totally put you through the ringer. And not just there, but uh, the way Coach Pete likes to recruit, he turns his quarterbacks into the lead recruiter. So Ethan, when he's not killing it on the field, he's got to kill it uh, on the phones too. Well, worry not, Husky Nation. Ethan, uh, Ethan, and Mark and Guard are definitely chatting up these guys and definitely pour, pulling them towards uh, uh, University of Washington's way. But let's switch topics here, uh, Mike. I wanted to talk to you about. The 2019 Husky schedule. Yes, it's only May, but I promise you, it's going to be August. It's going to be September. Any, <laughs> just in a blink of an eye, and we're going to be staring down the barrel of a 12-game, really tough schedule. And you and I are going to pick kind of the five games that we think will shape uh, the Husky season. And I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, and then I want you, and then you, and then uh, we'll kind of we'll just go from there. And uh, <laughs> here, here are mine. At BYU, USC, at Stanford, at Arizona, and then home against Oregon. What are your five? Well, I don't. I can't. It's hard to argue with those because those are all. Those are monster games. Every single one of them. But I think that my five is going to vary just a little bit differently, just because I think it's a, the psyche around the team. Uh, Cal, USC, Utah, Oregon, and I'm even going to throw in. Eastern. So I know that there, there's some that we agree and disagree on. Uh, USC and Oregon are, are the first two that I think we both definitely agree on. Yeah, and and I think those are uh, – Oregon, I think, goes without saying. I'm, and we're not going to – we don't need to belabor that point, right? Uh, uh, and USC, kind of the same deal. I mean, we can say all we want about them being down. Clay Helton, we know he's not a very good coach. But the fact of the matter is, last time they came to Husky Stadium – 
they beat the best team in Washington uh, that the Huskies had had since 2000. So we know if if prepared and coached up enough that they're a, they're a dangerous squad. And then Oregon, like I said, I mean the rivalry. Forget Herbert, forget Cristobal, forget recruiting. It's Oregon. That game is always, always going to be one of the tops on your schedule. Uh, uh, agree, disagree on that? Uh, I agree. Well, first on USC, USC has always sort of been a barometer for where Washington is from a physical standpoint. Is that you look at them on the field? Do they belong on the field uh, with a team like USC? Because it's insert the next. Uh, five-star, four-star kid, and you see how Washington stacks up, sort of like like when they were against Alabama in the playoffs. Do the Huskies belong on the same field as a team like USC? And, you know, it's, that, from a physical standpoint, it's just always been a barometer, but just USC is has – they're just never an easy out any way you look at it. I can't think of a, a single time when – Maybe the 1990 All I Saw Was Purple was the only time that it's really uh, been a game that wasn't tough for Washington. You know, Oregon, I said I don't – I only mentioned the rivalry, but they also have some really good players, headlined by Justin Herbert, who um, – <laughs> who I, I – you know, let's put it this way. I, I'll say this. he He's good enough to scare me. I, I don't know if I, I'm as in love with him as the NFL is necessarily, but he's clearly good enough to to – to be, you know, to warrant uh, to, to warrant a healthy respect, at least in my mind. Yeah, and that's going to be a monster game. I expect uh, everybody's favorite kickoff time about five thirty. Um, but Oregon is going to be a, a big test for the defensive backfield, and actually, it's going to be an, a test for the entirety of Husky Stadium. The Huskies will have been on the road for two weeks, um, one, once in Palo Alto, once in the desert. And then, of course, guess what? And put on your shock face, Tyson, because Oregon will have an extra two days to prepare because they have a Thursday night game. <laughs> so, you know, Oregon is, is going to be Oregon. They're going to have, um, but this, I think, is, I think it's going to be a test for where Husky Nation is as a as a force again because i remember in uh 2016 how impactful they were uh against uh stanford and i remember the 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 good old days when when the cameras were shaking and and i think that we need that type of atmosphere to make it to where and uh, what you heard my interview with Caleb McGarry he said that his ears rang for 3 days after uh, the last Oregon game at home, and that's what we need to have this for everybody um, in Husky Stadium. The fans need to bring it. The students need to bring it. It's going to be uh, a show under the, under the lights. And I, I think, uh, and I neglected to mention, that's the eighth game of the season. The Huskies open the season with eight straight games. And if you notice the five I picked. That those those games are five in a row. Saturday, the uh, September twenty first at BYU, September twenty eighth USC, October fifth at Stanford, October twelfth at Arizona, like you mentioned, and then October nineteenth home against Oregon. By the time the Huskies get to Oregon, Mike, we'll know if they're not only a national title contender. They will find out if they're a conference contender because 
Stanford and USC back-to-back, you know, those are tough games. And then not to mention the Huskies are doomed in the desert seemingly. <laughs> Up until the last couple of years, the Huskies have had – it's always been a nightmare down in the freaking state of Arizona, uh, which uh, it is what it is. Yeah, that's – yeah. But but I think we agree on the, the USC and the Oregon. Um, those are going to be two marquee games. And the good thing about them is that they're both at Husky Stadium. We're going to continue our conversation and talk a little bit more about where we disagree. You know, uh, BYU, Cal, Eastern. In fact, yeah, I want to know more about your opinions on Eastern, Mike, because that's a little bit out of left field. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. Welcome back. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. He's Mike Martin. I'm at Tyson Allenbaugh on Twitter. He is at Howlin' Husky on Twitter. Uh, we're continuing our conversation for the with uh, the five games that will shape the University of Washington's 2019 season. Just to recap, uh, I said at BYU, USC, at Stanford, at Arizona, and Oregon. Mike said Cal, USC, Utah, Oregon, and Eastern Washington. And We'll end with Eastern. How about? Uh, <laughs> let, let's. You don't want to let, throw me under the bus right away. No, no. I, I want to build up speed. I want to build up speed. But uh, we had Ethan Garbers on earlier in the show, and his brother Chase is at Cal. Now, I didn't pick this game, Mike, but I, I I'm curious what your line of thinking is because I I think I agree with it. I just was forced to pick five. If that makes sense. Well, I think that with with Cal. You saw what that defense was last year. People, I think, were, were really surprised with how good that defense is. Um, and, and this game is at home, but the, the thing is that, um, I think that that defense is going to be a very big test for somebody either if, if they escape Eastern, uh, somebody's going to be making a very big start against that Cal defense, and it's going to be either Hayner or Eason. Odds on are for Eason. But they're going to be facing one of the better defenses, and it's going to be a really tough out for any of the the the, the, the receivers are going to need to step up. The quarterback is going to need to step up because and, – and Husky fans need to be ready for another Pac-12 championship-type score – where it's uh, 10-3, it's uh, 13-10. It's going to be a nail-biter, and uh, we're going to see if the Huskies can go over top of that defense. They tried to keep everything in front of them, Cal's DBs did, and they didn't weren't able to go over top. I think they, they have some guys that they can go over top with, but I think it's going to be a slobber knocker of a game. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think this, especially early in the season, this is not a style points. When you're playing conference games this early in the season, really any kind of, even, I'd include non-conference games, but especially, particularly conference games, this is uh, SWAT team mentality, right? Where they say, get in, get out with a win. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm obviously I want everybody, you know, if they won 55 to nothing, of course I'm going to take that. But like you, I'm with you. I sort of anticipate a game that's a little bit on the uglier side just because, uh, of what you meant, basically everything you mentioned. The reason why I didn't put it on my list was because it is at home, and the Huskies have been dynamite at home, uh, especially since 2015. So, um, uh, that 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 was the only reason why I didn't leave it on my list. But all the reason I echo your your sentiments. Basically, Cal's going to be 
Cal's going to be good, at least good for Cal, you know. Uh, and another another factor, and I don't know how much this is worth, but it's the second game of the season, and the students will not be on campus yet. So that element of that we talked about Oregon needing the fans to step up, the fans won't. The, excuse me, the students won't be on campus yet, and so it's going to be up to. Some people that, you know, don't know maybe the ins and outs of some of the cheers and, and all that stuff and who's going to get the Go Huskies going. Yeah, well, and it's Cal. It's not exactly a team that has inspired uh, <laughs> much enthusiasm from Husky fans because uh, uh, University of Washington, by the way, folks, if you're a younger listener, they used to kick Cal's uh, behind uh, off early and often for most of the, the program's history. But uh, let's keep it moving. I picked BYU because – it is the first road game of the season. It is in Provo, where the Huskies have not had a ton of luck, um, and uh, and they're physical, um, and it's always hard winning on the road. So you mentioned kind of I anticipate a similar kind of a similar game with with Cal, but you know against BYU on the road. Although I do think the Huskies win handily against BYU, I just think they're we're going to learn maybe more than you'd think from playing a team like BYU. Now, uh, Utah, uh, what say you on Utah? Well, Tyson, the, the thing about Utah is, that, again, they're returning a lot of that front seven, and it's going to be a Husky quarterback that hasn't seen this type of defense. Uh, you know, it's just they're going to bring it every single down. They're going to mix it up. And this is going to be a real challenge for the Washington offense. Utah is probably going to have Brent Hundley as a starter, and I think he's uh, you know, a fifth-year guy. And so he's seen a lot of ball. He may not have been the greatest quarterback, but with that defense, you need a game-managing quarterback. And if he can manage to uh, keep it close like they did in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, Jason Shelley may come off the bench to do a little bit of change of pace quarterbacking. So I think that, that the Utah game, just because, uh, they mirror the Washington defense, I think that is, uh, why that is going to be such a good game. And going back to BYU, they had a top 20 defense against le- last year as well. All right, Mike, uh, now you got to answer for Eastern. Explain, please. Well, breaking in a new quarterback at home. Um, if there's going to be a way to break him in, that is going to be a good one. But if for some reason, whoever the starter is, if it's Jake or Jacob, and they stub their toe, uh, you know, the Boo Birds could be out a little bit early, and it could be a rocky opening to somebody's career on Montlake. And, you know, we think Eastern, but that's not – uh, your typical FCS team. They have been in the national championship picture many times and they've pushed the Huskies to the limit a couple of times as well. So I think that, that from a, a way to start out the season, uh, for a, for a new quarterback, I think that is why I put them as, uh, how they, how this will shape the season for the Huskies. Will they blink? Will the quarterback be able to, uh, go through his progressions, be able to handle some stuff that, that, uh, this, the other team has been not showing anything on paper, uh, for, for him to, to really, to, to study. So it's, I think it's a game that, that really presents a lot of challenges for the Huskies. And I, I a point that should be brought up, and I, I think most, maybe not, I don't know how many football fans in the state of Washington actually follow Eastern. Eastern was in the national title game last season with a backup quarterback. That quarterback basically kind of 
I, I know what a dated reference. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Wally pipped uh, <laughs> Eric. I think it's Eric uh, Bier. I think it's Eric Bier is how you pronounce it. Came in, took the job, led Eastern all the way to the national title game where they ran into the buzzsaw that is North Dakota State. And uh, you mentioned they are not the typical FCS team. So uh, with that, I, I, and you mentioned shape the season that which is which is the the key here. I understand what you're saying now. So I'm not going to give you too much a hard of a time. I'm going to back the bus up off over you. Coming up next, Mike and I, point blank, make a decision. What is the most important game of the 2019 season for the University of Washington? Stick around. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. Welcome back one final time. I'm Tyson. He's Mike. You can find him on Twitter at Howlin Husky, I'm at Tyson Allenbaugh. Mike is also Mike. What's your title with the Don James documentary? Because I, you, you got quite. You're wearing a few hats <laughs> on that excellent executive project. producer. Executive um, producer. Yeah, and uh, bottle washer. You name it, I do. <laughs> uh, I'm actually also uh, considered the writer. Okay, there you go. And and where can people find all that info uh, on social media so they can uh, check that out? DonJamesDocumentary.com. Oh, DonJamesDocumentary.com. Head there. Guys, it's really, really exciting project. The trailer uh, legit gave me goosebumps. Um, uh, that, that, that was a really excellent stuff and, uh, go support that and, and cannot wait till that gets out. So, uh, like I said, at Howlin Husky, DonJamesDocumentary.com. Go, uh, share the love. Share the love. But, uh, uh, I mentioned earlier, Mike, that we're going to pick the most important game of the 2019 season as it stands. Uh, uh, as it stands now, obviously subject to change, of course, <laughs> as we inch closer towards the season. Uh, I'm going to start with you though, Mike. What is the most important game right now for the 2019 Washington Huskies? I'm going to sound like Coach Pete, just out of a joke. Um, but the next game, the next game is always <laughs> the most important one under Coach Pete. Um, well, to be honest, I think it's really the cow because I think that really kind of sets the tone for the season. If there are any huge looming issues, I think they'll be exposed by Cal. And if that issue is at quarterback, uh, we've, we've enjoyed Jake Browning, good or bad, or whatever you say about him. Um, they knew how to operate the offense within the confines that were Jake Browning. Can they go over top with Jacob Eason? Can he hit uh, Bocelli downfield? Can he hit Chico downfield? Can he find uh, guys? Uh, was he going to have enough time? That's a very veteran offensive line for the Huskies. But is he going to have enough time to go through his progressions to check off uh, guys at the line of scrimmage? Like Weaver should have been checked off by Jake Hayner. There's just a lot of things that that – that it's going to be a chess match that early in the season. And I think that really, um, as a, a game that you're, it's going to be just two teams in a phone booth. And I think that's how, um, they want it to be played. The, the coaches, they know each other. Um, you saw the understudy, uh, get, uh, make his, uh, his, um, his mentor, Blake first last year by pulling Jake Browning. So uh, does he, who blinks first this time? I, I, I think that the Huskies have to find a way to win that game because I think that really will control which direction the season goes that early on. Yeah. And, and 
uh, I totally, totally understand where you're going with that. Mine is uh, the second conference game of the season, still, uh, but somehow still only in the month of September, fifth game of the season, and that's USC. And USC deserves its reputation at the moment, whether uh, on the field or off of it with that uh, <laughs> admission scandal nonsense. But like we mentioned before, uh, always get talented, yada, yada, yada. You want to, you want to send a message, and I and I, I try not to get too cliche when we're analyzing football here. But I, I I'm gonna. That's the only way I think I can describe it, Mike. Is you want to kind of put the dirt on Clay Helton and what's going on down there at, at the Coliseum? Kick their butts Saturday, September 28th. I believe the first home game with the students in it. You know, actually there on campus, the fall quarter starting. What an environment that could be, and what a way to kind of announce and kick and kick off I guess really kick off Pac-12 play with a, a just ass kicking of the USC Trojans I, I think that is so important because you mentioned Cal setting the tone and I can't really disagree with you there um, but I also think in my mind USC will be the tone setter because of um, while they're not really commanding respect right now, I'll just say the brand, the overall brand, the the history of the Trojans to have a game, you know, maybe somewhat similar to all I saw was purple. I think that would, that almost would feel better than maybe, uh, 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 it might almost feel better than going down and beating Tree the next weekend in Palo Alto. Even though Stanford's been a better team more recently, I'd say a, a tremendous butt kicking of USC would just make me feel just all, all the warm fuzzies on the insides. <laughs> right. And I, I can't disagree with, with you on that because like we were saying earlier, it is the, the measuring stick of who Washington is physically. And by the fifth game of the season, uh, we could have Tule Latule Gasanoa really established, uh, on the, on the middle of that defensive line. And you could have Jacob Eason established as the quarterback. And they could, you know, by that, that time, they could be just, you know, like you said, kicking butts and not even bothering to take names. Just kick butt, move on to the next one, next man up. And, and so I, I can't disagree with you at all. Uh, but I, for my, for my money, I think that the, how, how teams play Jacob Eason will be determined by a lot in that Cal game. Cal uh, Cal earned that respect, I think, not only from Husky Nation, but also Pat, the Pac-12 last year. I mean, the, the, if if the Huskies drub Cal similar to the you know the the year the couple of years prior, we're not even talking about that. That's how impactful that game was, I think, on on the Husky fan psyche. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is the, is that not only did did the Cal Deep, not only did the Huskies lose, it was it was honestly it was kind of humiliating the way they lost. And I, I I'm not trying to throw that word around or be you know melodramatic, but that game was as ugly as it's been under Chris Peterson. I mean, and we and we you know in 2014 was not like a, a bowl of sunshine, and they they I think opened uh, I think really it, it was a tumultuous time. It was a tumultuous time. It was, and, and I, I can't ever forget Jake with his, his fingers tucked into his shoulder pads. Um, to me, he looked like he was almost whining, like, why are you pulling me out now? And, you know, Husky Nation had been calling for Hayner to go in and, and, uh, the rest is history. You know, it was, it's amazing that three, we talk about football as a game of inches and that game down to football being a game of yards because Weaver, he, uh, he played Jake 
Hainer just a little bit off to where he was able to jump that route, take it in for a pick six, and the rest is, as they say, history. Um, you know, uh, Cal is going to be breaking in a lot of new starters along that offensive line and a new quarterback. So I think that it's going to come down to um, really which defense can really kind of stick it to the other new quarterback. And, and I'd be remiss to say, even though the Huskies have kicked uh, the, Co- the Cougars up and down the field the last handful of seasons, it should be noted the Pac-12 North was on the line the last three years for both teams in 2016 and 2018 for the Cougars in 2017. The Apple Cup has meant something. So in a way, Mike, that has been the most important game the last three seasons. <laughs> how, yeah, how have, we, how have we both forgotten about I mean, uh, Wazoo? I, and, and that's not even trying. That's not a dig at the Cougs at all. I mean, that just tells you how front-loaded this Husky schedule is, at least at, at least to me. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, the, the only team that I can think of that might be, you know, sort of an easy out is, is um, Oregon State. Uh, I, I think everybody else, this, the, the Pac-12 is not the 2016 Pac-12 where you can go out and smoke somebody 46 to nothing. Uh, there's going to be some of these games that is going to be a defensive struggle, um, or an offensive struggle, a defensive, uh, battle. And I think the Huskies should be ready for, for something like that because you have the Cal defense, you have the Stanford defense, you have the Utah, you have the, um, the Oregon defense. Those are all vastly improved from the 2016 season. So there, I think we can expect uh, a little bit of a drop off in the scoring given that you're breaking in a new quarterback. Oh boy. God, I'm not ready for those quarter. I'm not ready for quarterback. The, the quarterback existential crisis of 2019. Well, it, it kind of already has happened in spring, but I, I, I'm not emotionally ready for that. But <laughs> uh, at any rate, all right, Mike, before we go, uh, got any final thoughts for us? Well, I, I, like I was saying just before, I think that it's, it's a, it's a season where there's, there's a lot of parity along uh, the league uh, defensively at least, um, which offense can be more, more productive against those defenses? Can they take the chances, take the shots downfield? That is going to be, I think, the team that really can, can put themselves out there as the front runner. And I think that Oregon has the quarterback that they want to be able to do that. And I think Washington has the quarterback that they want to be able to do that. So I think that that puts those two teams maybe as, uh, oh, the top two teams in the Pac-12 North. Remember that feeling, Husky, Husky fans, you back in 2015, 2016, when the, you had a bunch of guys that you'd never heard of, but man, they played fast, they played physical, they played aggressive, they played with an edge. Talking about the Husky defense, I'm talking about Azeem Victor, I'm talking about Keyshawn Bieria, Greg Gaines, Vita Vea, Sidney Jones, Kevin King, Buda Baker, Taylor Rapp, those guys. Once upon a time, like I said, you didn't know who they were. This year, 2019 has a very, very similar feeling. While Husky diehards like Mike and I might know the names Josh Calvert or Julius Irvin or uh, 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 linebacker MJ Tafisi, most of you probably don't, and that's okay. I promise you, though, by the end of September 2019, you're going to know some of those names. In this Husky defense, you heard it here. I don't want to say you heard it here first, but you're hearing me say it right now 
it is going to lead the Pac-12 in total defense again for the fifth year in a row. Bookmark it. I am, I'm going with it. I don't care about the youth. I don't care about the talent. Well, I, I care about it because I'm going to miss seeing Taylor Rapp play week in and week out, of course. Who wouldn't, right? I'm going to miss seeing Byron Murphy. There is so much talent on this defense, guys, that a lot of you haven't heard of. And that's okay. They're young guys. They haven't played a lot of football. Some of them haven't even played in Pac-12 games yet. But I promise you, they will be ready. Like I said, by the end of September, there is going to be <laughs> there's going to be a big coming out party. That's why I'm eyeballing that USC game. Thank you for listening, as always, to Dog Thoughts. Remember to rate and review on iTunes. Subscribe. That way, every time we upload a new show, it gets downloaded right to your podcast listening device. I mentioned I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. He's Mike Martin. Find us on Twitter, at Tyson Allenbaugh, at Howlin' Husky. Support DonJamesDocumentary.com, or the Don James Documentary at DonJamesDocumentary.com. Uh, it's the off season. It's it's a little bit slower now, but we're not going anywhere. Doc Dots will still have content for you. We have a new exciting series coming up that uh, I think is going to make uh, fans of defense Really, really excited, Mike. I, I think if you're a fan of good, good physical defense, I think they're going to be excited by what we have coming up. Yeah, you won't have we won't have any guys on that uh, might be offering quarterbacks pillows. Uh, <laughs> That's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. And speaking of series and speaking of old shows, hey, go back in our archive. We we've had a chance to talk to uh, Husky commits, Husky legends, including our Rose Bowl rewind series, uh, which was excellent. Got Mike got a chance to catch up with Michael Jackson, Paul Scancy. Um, God, who I, a number of other guys. Just go back, give those a listen. I think that's some of the best work we've done. I'm still talking about it five months later because of how proud I am of, of what we, uh, what Mike was able to, you know, put together and then uh, and, and put out to uh, the Husky Nation. We'll see you soon. We'll catch up next time. I'm Tyson. He's Mike. Go dogs. Go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.